Welcome to the Metal Bob Live Podcast. I am your host, Metal Bob. Today's show is brought to you by Legend Picks and also artist Jeremiah Kallick. You can find links to our sponsors and more at the Metal Bob Live website. There you can also find links to the latest Metal Bob gear, including shirts, hoodies, and more. On today's show, I had the honor of speaking with singer-songwriter Mr. A.J. Croce. We discuss his latest release by request, and we also discuss how it feels to be back out on the road. So sit back, have a listen, and enjoy the show. Thank you. All right, on the phone with me is Mr. A.J. Croce. A.J., how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for calling into the Metal Bob Live podcast. It's, it's our pleasure to have you. All right. So, hey, uh, my first question is, if well, if I'm not mistaken, you know, you you opened up the album with Nothing From Nothing from Billy Preston. What a great, what a great song. I love it. Yeah. 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 So was Billy, he was involved with some of the uh, Beatles movies, wasn't he? Well, yeah, he he started recording with them in the in the late '60s, and you know, get back and and um, and that period um, of stuff and rooftop concert he's playing with them. Um, he was, you know, sometimes called the Fifth Beatle, um, um, but he also played with the Rolling Stones and worked with all kinds of all kinds of different different folks over the years. Absolutely. So what what determined you know what songs you would cover on this album and what songs were left off the album if there were any? There were a lot left off. Um, you know, I grew up. I grew up uh, when I first started playing. I was playing um, you know in jazz bars and and piano bars and stuff like that. So um, I you know playing covers, playing standards, and all of that was sort of part of my early education. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't a strange thing to play covers. I just hadn't you know recorded an album in in that fashion ever. And so with this, it was um, more about the uh, evenings that I spent with friends um, who requested these tunes, which is why it's called by request. It's sort of a sort of a house party of sorts. And um, each song had a sort of a, a a great memory for me uh, at some some point in time over the last thirty years. Nice. So I know you. I noticed you've been out playing a few shows. How does it feel to be back on the road doing some live shows again? Oh, it feels great. It feels great. And you know, I wish there was wish there was more. I wish we could play to more people. Um, you know, it's still you know relatively. Um, you know, everyone's pretty socially distant still. Um, though I have a feeling things are going to start changing in the summer and fall, you know, and I think we'll probably get back on the road um, m- in a more normal fashion, slightly more normal and, you know, in the late summer. Right. Do you, do you have quite a few shows booked already for the, for the year? Oh man. I, last year was booked. Um, and I was going to be working more than I had in many years and all of that got pushed into this year. And now a lot of this year has been pushed into later this year and next year and even into 23. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to be playing those shows and I want to do it as soon as it's safe to. Right. So, um, back to the album. Um, so I noticed you, you know, you did stay with me by the faces, uh, 
San Diego Serenade by Tom Waits. I know you're a huge Tom Waits fan, so I'm sure that you're the, you're the one that picked that song. Actually, you know, that one was, it's all by request. It's all different, different friends requested these songs. Um, and, uh, of course I'm a, I'm a Tom Waits fan. It's one of, one of my favorite songs of his. Um, but, um, there's so many great ones. Same with Randy Newman. Um, you know, I covered a Randy Newman song on this, um, album and it's not necessarily even in the, my top 10 favorite Randy Newman songs. So I'm a huge Randy Newman fan. Um, but it was something that, you know, it had a, a special thing for me because it was just a fond memory of an evening. And the person that requested the song knew it from the Flaming Groovies version and um, not as well from the Randy Newman version. So I kind of approached it with a little bit more of that rock and roll reckless abandon that the Flaming Groovies had, but sort of tried to imagine if if Little Richard sat in with them. Right. You know, and I thought I found it pretty cool because I mean, you had a really good wide variety of requests on this album. I mean, was there any song that got the most requests, or was there? I mean, how many songs were actually requested to be on this album? Well, you know, like I said, these were these were par- these were parties at my house where um, where I had you know one, two, maybe 10 friends over or something. And, you know, as the night went on and, and, you know, there was just a few of us left, people might, you know, uh, ask me to play a tune or maybe they were musicians and wanted to play a song and we played together. And so, um, and so they're sort of individual uh, requests from certain, you know, certain friends of mine. Um, so yeah, it wasn't as if it was a, a ballot where where okay. people got to request the songs. It was it was just from, you know, you know, great memories. Nice. So you kind of like a jam night. You had people over and you just exactly kind of seen where exactly. it took you. Exactly. That's it. So yeah, I mean, you got some great songs on here. I mean, you you did a you did a Neil Young tune. Only Love Can Break Your Heart. I mean, what a great song. You did a great job on that song. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I I you know, there was something about that song that always um uh sort of seemed like it could lend itself to being a bit more of like a gospel style um uh rendition of it. And so I, I had fun doing that. And, you know, and I tried to, you know, there are some songs where I play it very similar to the original. And then there's others where, you know, where I deviate just a little bit, like in the case of the Billy Preston song, change the horn arrangement around. But the basic form is still pretty, pretty much like the original. Um, I wanted to um, have a bit more of that sort of Sly and the Family Stone, Stevie Wonder style horn uh horn arrangement on this versus this sort of original circus you know circus uh uh horn arrangement and so um and then you know other songs uh you know i really had my way with like um you know like the beach boys song um that i did it's you know it's it's very different than than the original um Obviously, the melody is still the same. The words are the same. The chords are the same. But the way I approached recording it was was imagining or reimagining uh, if if um, Chess Records 
out of Chicago maybe had uh, a psychedelic period um, in their recording history. And, um, and so it starts off kind of like a blues song, and then it goes into this stuff where I'm playing, obviously I'm playing um, piano and singing live. This whole album is live, at least all of the basic tracks um, with, the, with my band and vocals. <clears throat> and then, um, and then I played, you know, I played guitar on some things, and then I would go to Oregon. Uh, in the case of the, you know, Beach Boys song, I started it on piano, sang it at piano, and then went, played organ and harmonium on it. Absolutely. And uh, and and so, you know, there there were a lot of uh, a lot of different different kinds of things uh, like that that made it really fun. Yeah. You know, and then once again, going back to the opening track, Nothing for Nothing, you know, I not knowing, if I didn't know it was a Billy Preston song, I would have thought it was an A.J. Croce song. I mean, you, you put... <laughs> well, that's a compliment. You did. You put your spin on that thing. I mean, it sounded like something that you would record for one of your own albums. Well, you know, hopefully that it feels like that with, with all of it, you know? Um, I think, you know, maybe the one song that's a little... Um, more like the original than in the others is as Ooh Child. Um, but other than that, you know, a lot they have, you know, I tried to put my my take on it. And it's obviously it's me playing and me singing. So um, so it has that, you know, I wanted to capture that live um, live in the moment feel of this thing, as I do with every recording, but especially with this, because that, you know, had I been able to record it at my house with a bunch of friends over, I would have, you know, that wasn't a real practical thing to do, but, um, but it would have been, um, it would have been a blast and it would have sort of captured that thing. Yet, um, we, we came as close as we could. We recorded in a little house, um, just a few blocks from where I live in Nashville. That's, a you know, a, a great little studio recorded a tape and and did it just like i've done a, you know most of my albums you know which is live and you did i mean you really did put your own take on all these covers but i think that i just that i think i go back to that song a lot because it is the opening track and it kind of it, it kind of comes off something that maybe would have been on just like medicine i mean that's where that's where it kind of takes me you know something from that album oh yeah 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 definitely um Definitely could. And, you know, these, um, um, you know, that, that was a, that was a great album to make. And it was really fun to work with Dan on that. Um, and, you know, with that album, again, we recorded very, it was very live, um, and, uh, recorded at Dan Penn's, um, studio in his house. And, um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it has that, very similar recording approach um 16 track two inch tape it really makes a difference um and so you do hear the similarity also you know i i um i bring my piano with me when i'm doing doing a um you know a session for a week or something like that um and so i brought my my um my old steinway to the studio i brought it to dan's for for just like medicine and i brought it to uh, the uh, bomb factory for, um, or the bomb shelter. Um, and um, here in Nashville, you know, it, it, it's, um, it makes me feel comfortable to have the, my instrument 
and um, and a piano has to get moved into one of those places anyway when I record. So might as well be mine. Absolutely. So out of all these songs that you covered on this new album, do you have one that sticks out as one of your favorites or do you? You know, I there's there's a bunch that I'm 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 proud of. I, I was proud of the Billy Preston song, but the the one that I was uh, sort of um, surprised with how how well it turned out was uh, "Ain't No Justice," which is a pretty obscure, pretty much an instrumental tune with very very few words um, besides "Ain't No Justice," and it was a shorty long. Uh, composition. He was a Motown artist. He died very young, and this was uh, the the follow up um, single for him. Again, really obscure Motown artist. He had had one sort of small hit um, called "Here Comes the Judge," and then he, um, and then he, you know, he. This was his follow up. Ain't no justice, and um, and so I really had fun playing this i moved you know what he had played piano on it i moved it to the wurlitzer electric piano i felt like that really um made it unique and i love playing a whirly so um it just worked out you know and it was really fun we played it live in the studio had friends come to the studio and um we had had a few drinks and and sat down and and the band um played you know, for, for a bunch of friends. So that really captured that, you know, when you hear all those folks singing Ain't No Justice in the beginning uh, of the song, that's really, um, you know, that's really happening. Nice. You know, and the one that really stuck out with me, and I actually just listened to this again before I, before I got you on the horn today, was Stay With Me by The Faces. Yeah, I've always been a huge uh huge fan of the faces and rod stewart and and uh small faces and ian mcclogan uh when i was young he was a you know he was an influence um certainly on the way i thought about rock and roll uh piano playing um you know he had a he had a really uh unique way of of playing um and he obviously, obviously, he was influenced by a lot of the same folks I was influenced by, um, from you know '50s piano players like Little Richard and Fats Domino, and probably going back to, to and you know Johnny Johnson who played with Chuck Berry, but also, um, you know, older blues piano players and and um, and so forth. So, you know, I just liked his, the way he interpreted that stuff. He made it his own and um, I really appreciated it. And then of course, you know, Rod Stewart's is one of the, one of my favorite rock and roll singers. Yeah. Rod's great, man. You know, you know, from, you know, from the faces to even his solo stuff. I mean, he's always been real consistent, you know, and also having Jeff Beck in his band was killer. Well, yeah, well, he was he was in Jeff Beck's band. And then um, for those two records, Beck Ola and Truth. Yeah. And 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 then, you know, joint put the you know, join the faces first, the small faces with him in it. Um, um, and then um, re- replacing Steve Marriott and then and then um, the faces proper. And then, you know, even his early his early recordings 
um, first five years of his recordings, he was he was working a lot with um, the Faces as his backing band or members of the Faces. Um, Ian McLaughlin played uh, organ and keys on a lot of that stuff, and um, and uh, Ron Wood played on on a lot of that stuff. So it was it kind of made sense. It was it it all fit together really well. It did. So now. I know that you're, you know, you're pretty well re- renowned, you know, keyboardist or piano player. Do you ever get asked to go on the road with any of these bigger acts to, to actually be their keyboard player? I, I haven't, I, well, I had a couple of, uh, I had a couple of opportunities in my lifetime or a couple of auditions I was invited to go to. Um, and n- none of them panned out, you know, one of them, one of them was um, an audition for McCartney, um, and he decided to keep to keep his uh, keep his uh, keyboard player he'd worked with for a dozen years or more. And another one many years back was uh, to play with Bob Dylan, and um, and I found out a couple about a day or two before the audition that he he decided he hated piano players um just in general and um and it was funny because we had the same manager at the time and uh he came he called me up and apologized he said you know uh bob hates piano players now and um but you know come to the show and come and 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 uh hang out or whatever and and i went uh went to the show in LA, I think, and he he was playing piano the whole night. He didn't even play guitar, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah, that kind of blows my mind, for, especially for a guy like Bob Dylan, who's such you know a mastermind songwriter. I mean, piano is like the instrument to me, you know, when you're writing a song, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, it's always funny to for me, um, you know. So, the, in answer to your question, no, I've never, I haven't gone on a tour like that. You know, I've sat in with a ton of different people over the years, um, all different kinds of folks, Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson and the Nevilles and, um, and uh, I, I, mean, I can't even name them all, but um, all different genres of stuff, but never done a tour like that. I mean, I think my dream gig would be playing keys with the stones. I mean, that's the, that's the the dream gig awesome. getting to play all that stuff you know um but um but no until they ask me i'm gonna just uh i'm gonna keep on doing what i do and and there's this sort of a funny thing that that has happened for me when i started playing guitar uh in my 30s um um was that um because I was I was really using it as a tool for writing and simplifying um, the writing, um, I felt like I felt like people were less likely to pay attention to my songs when I was at the piano because I had um, I had you know a lot more experience. I was a much better piano player, and I think that sh- was what people's ears gravitated towards was the piano instead of the song sometimes. So when I started playing guitar, um, I think people started paying a little more attention to the songs and um, and my limitations ended up being advantageous because um, 
those songs began to do well and it and it was no exception with this album um um you know the song that's that's done the best by far on this album has been better day which is something i played on guitar with um i played acoustic and robin ford played electric nice yeah and you know and the reason i even asked you that to begin with is because when i first seen you in concert you know you were doing a crochet place crochet that was that was a tour that i caught it's been a few years back oh okay yeah i mean i think just like medicine you know it just came out and uh the show was phenomenal your songs were great i but i did i really did notice the piano playing you know your ability was amazing it just blew me away and i was just well, I, I was in awe over your piano playing i love the songs are great it didn't overshadow the songs but i did notice how great you were on the piano you know i think i developed a um everything at, at different times. You know, when I started off as, you know, in my early teens, I was definitely more of a, a piano player and into my late teens, definitely more of a piano player than a singer or a songwriter. But as as I got older, you know, each each skill is is unique into itself. And um and and so they develop independently. It's not um, it's not as if you, you know, you're practicing uh, the piano and, and because of that, you become a great lyricist um, or that you or that you practice singing and become a great, a great, a greater uh, instrumentalist. It's they're all unique skills that need to be, you know, worked on. Right. Well, yeah, man, I mean. That you know, that's really why I asked you that. I'm 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 surprised you haven't been asked more because I've seen like, you know, and I'm not trying to compare you to anybody in particular, but I've seen Elton John, you know, Billy Joel, all these different piano players, but there was something about your show that I was just locked in on that piano when you were playing it, and it was just mind blowing to me. And I was well, just, thank you so much. Yeah. It's definitely a unique and unique style. I mean, yeah. I have I I, mean, I don't. I don't know too many folks that play the way I do. And I'm not saying that's because I'm great is because I think more than anything, um, my influences are so diverse um, and come from so many different genres of music and eras of music um, that I think that's one of the unique things that people pick up is you can hear the New Orleans stuff. You can hear the blues and the jazz and the rock and roll. You can hear some of the classical. You can hear those um, some facets of Latin music, um, and and I think it's that combination of things that um, that you just don't usually hear living together in the same space comfortably. Absolutely. So, and I know that you just put this new album out, but I also know that you know, with all the downtime that we've all had as musicians and this and that, you've probably got a bunch of new original stuff out there waiting to be released. Yes. Yeah. I have a, I have a ton of stuff. Um, and it, you know, I've told a number of people, I don't, I don't think I'm going to miss the, uh, the pandemic, but I'm going to definitely miss the lockdown. Um, I've had so much time to practice, um, in styles and genres and, and, and different instruments, um, that I just, I really didn't have time to practice on. You know, I started playing guitar. I was already touring. I was already, um, 
I was, I, so I was writing and then recording and then really practicing the stuff that I was going to be performing or, or writing for the next project. And so it was the same way with um, generally with the way I practiced in the last, you know, 35 years of, of touring and um, the last 30 years of recording has been, has been that way where it's, there's a cycle. And so there hasn't been a lot of time to experiment with um, anything other than what I'm, what I'm writing and, um, and working on for the next project. And this gave me that um, great opportunity to practice, you know, Indian ragas and Middle Eastern scales and, and Brazilian music and um, um, become a better guitar player. And so it's, um, it's been so beneficial. And I, I don't know that all of, all of that stuff will come out um, on the next record. Um, I don't know if um, the fact that I was practicing, you know, Chopin in the, in, in the last year is going to come out in, in the way that I'm writing. It may. So usually I find that stuff takes uh, a couple years uh, to become real muscle memory and then and then it can be applied um in improvisation in a in a way that's a, a bit more um well put together you know and um and so yeah that's kind of my take on it yeah i have a ton of songs i'm ready to i'm ready to record when it's time but you know the new record's doing well and 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 i'm as long as that's the case i'm i'm grateful for it and um and i'll keep on playing this stuff and i think there'll be some of these songs i'll i'll continue to play you know it's always interesting which songs um stand the test of time some of them you just don't expect i play stuff from my first and album all the way through um obviously through the newest one and the stuff people request in the audience is sometimes surprising, and um, and it's always uh, really sweet. Um, I love I love you know pulling a song out of out of nowhere that I haven't played in fifteen years. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, man, um, would you like to tell everybody where they can find you on social media and on your website, and where they can get the new album by request? Sure, I'm. Uh, at AJ Croce on Instagram and um, AJ Croce on 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 Facebook, you can find my uh, music page there um, and AJCroceMusic.com. You can find find music and um, and uh, a bunch of different LPs and merch, T-shirts and stuff like that. If you're into that sort of thing, and um, yeah, and I'll hopefully be in a town near you within the next year. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. You know, I, I got to see you once and I'm, I'm jonesing to see you again, buddy. Cause it was a great show. Well, thank you. And, um, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll be back in your neck of the woods. I hope so. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, thanks for having me. AJ. Thank you. That concludes today's episode of the metal Bob live podcast. Please see our website for our sponsor links. Thank you for listening. Metal Bob out.